You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? All right, so breaking financial hardship. And really, you know, that, that title, uh, I, I want, I, there's a little caveat there, God's way, right? Obviously, you're in church, you're going to learn God's way. But breaking financial hardship, God's way. Because, you know, the reality of it is there are people that, that don't serve God that are wealthy, that have finances, that don't live stressed as, as far as money is concerned. Um, but, you know, a lot of times it's at a price, and, and we've talked about that before. You know, they strive for it, and, and it costs them. It costs them their relationship with their kids. It costs them their mental health. It costs them their, their, their marriage. There's always, you know, a price to pay when you operate according to this world system, and you don't put God, you don't involve God. I've seen many multimillionaires commit suicide. Why? You're like, man, this guy had it all. He's got money. He's got fame. Like Robin Williams, man. That guy made everybody laugh but dealt with depression, had millions, dealt with all kind of issues, right? Uh, And so, you know, you could do a study of of, of some of the wealthiest people in the world. And at one time, they were the wealthiest people in the world and how they ended up. You know, uh, they ended up broke, a lot of them. They ended up with issues and all kind of problems in their families. Um, But the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and it adds, and he adds no sorrow with it, right? So it, you get blessed, but you don't get none of that other stuff that comes with the world's way of doing things, right? And so, you know, I, growing up, you know, I always thought, man, Christians, man, they're poor, broke. Like, I, I'm not living poor. I know what it is to not have. I, I grew up living uh, in a garage, literally a garage. My mom couldn't afford to pay the mortgage on the house. So, oh, I know what I'll do. My mom says, I'll turn the garage into an apartment. I'm like, well, that was a dumb, you know, for me, I'm thinking, man, because I was getting made fun of every day in school. You know, I, I wouldn't, anytime I was walking home with somebody, I'd be like, oh, I right, see you later. I'd go to the bank, you leave, and I'd go to my house, I'd go to the garage, you know. And so I know what it's like, and I know what it's like to live in one room, not, not a one-bedroom house, but one room with my mom, dad, my brother and me in one room like living room my bedroom there and one open space a very small space not having and so I, I didn't I knew early on that this is not the blessing of the Lord I wasn't lifting my hand saying oh thank you Lord for this poverty thank you so much you've man thank you you've really blessed my family like that I knew early on that poverty was not a blessing but if you talk to some Christians today they think poverty and God are linked together by a short rope right you talk to some Christians today they, they believe the more, the poorer you are, the holier you are, all right? Uh, and, and so, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to money. And one of them is the, that money is the root of all evil. But that's not the case. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of it, when, when you are consumed by it, and that's what drives you, and that's what moves you forward, that's when you have a major issue. That's doing it the world's way, right? That, that, people do all kinds of stuff for money. I mean, I, I've seen people die over $25, right? $50, kill you for $50, kill you, right? Because, because you know, they, they, they need it, they want it. Uh, but, but there's a better way. Just like, you know, we want, to, we want everything. We want to do everything according to God's way. I always talk about the more excellent way, God's way, the highest and best way. Finances is no different. 
no different. Uh, and so I want to talk to you about the covenant that God cut with Abraham and how we have access. The same thing that God, the same way God blessed Abraham and his descendants is the same way that God wants to bless us. Right, the same way he 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 he, he prospered uh, Abraham's lineage. Right, is the same way God intends to prosper us. It's the same way He wants to do it. But so many of us have this mentality that not me, not I. Right, because of who you are, where you grew up. And the Bible says that as a man thinketh, so is he. You have to start to change your mindset and start to change the way you think when it comes to money. You know, uh, I know I did. I know, you know, growing up the way I grew up, I, I had to hold on to the money and, and you know, you, you, you just like this, like, you know, poverty mentality. Poverty really has nothing to do with the dollar amount. A lot, a lot of times it does, but it's the way of thinking. It's the way you, you, you see money. I always thought I'll never get beyond this level. And the devil would tell me, you don't deserve to go to that level anyway. Who do you think you are? You grew up here. You're this skin color. You have this education. You'll never rise above this. But I, I'm not, uh, I, I've made up my mind, I'm not going to allow that to dictate where I'm headed. I, what, di what dictates where I'm headed is, is God's word, right? And, 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 and let me just say this, you know, uh, prosperity is not determined by God. We know, okay, I'm going to show you from his will that, that he desires it from you, but it's, it really is, is up to you whether you prosper or not. It's up to you. And so whether you're struggling right now or you're hurting right now, it's not really God's fault. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's your fault, but there's some adjustments that we can make, right, that we can tweak, that we can, you know, that we can do uh, to, to, to start to see the ball rolling in this area. So we're not, we're not living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to get by for year after year. I always say it's okay to be broke. It's not okay to stay broke, right? Because as you learn these things, you, you should be elevating. You should be going to another level. And some of you have been doing this I know it in my spirit have been doing the things I'm getting ready to talk to you about but the Bible also says don't get weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap because man you're taking a shot and you're like I'm doing what I know the Bible says but I'm not just seeing it there are people that have gotten to 99% and because they didn't stick with it for that 1% they didn't see what God intended them for them to see you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the person that hits a board right before you're getting ready to land, right? And you boom, go flying out, but man, it was just about to land. Just stick with it. I know it looks like it's burning a little bit, but don't jump ship just yet. Amen. Amen. Don't get weary and well-doing. Galatians 6, 9. My pastor, Pastor Jeff Allensworth, he always says, if you don't quit, you win. If you just don't quit doing the things you know you shouldn't be doing, you have to win. You have to win doing what the Bible says to do. It's impossible for you not to win. It's impossible. Say, I'm a winner in every area of my life. You're called to rule and reign as a king here on this earth. And that doesn't mean that you have people, you know, fanning you with palm trees. That means you rule and reign over every situation that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Right? If your situation is poverty right now, that, that, that is a, a direct contradiction to the covenant that you have with God. The power that's on the inside of you and your, the ability to, 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 to align yourself up with this covenant will destroy that poverty. Amen. Amen. But we have to learn how to tap into that. We have to learn what that looks like. And so let, let's, let's, let's get into this. Let's get into this. Go to Genesis chapter 17. We'll start in verse 1. While you turn there, I'm going to give you the definition of covenant. 
Because in order to prosper, you must understand covenant. That's why Pastor Sarah's word this past Sunday was such a good segue into what we're doing today. What a word. That was so good. If you were not here, highly recommend you go back and listen to that word. Even if you were here, go back and listen to it again. Because if you don't understand covenant, you will always be at a disadvantage. Always. You may love God. You may pray. You may fast. But if you don't understand covenant, if you don't understand the terms of the covenant, you will always be at a disadvantage. You'll always struggle in one way or another. It's like if you move to a country and there's so many benefits available to you. But if you don't read the book on what's available to you as a citizen of that country, you'll always live at a disadvantage. You move to this country from Mexico, you better know what your rights are. You better know that it ain't like Mexico or it ain't like where you came from here in this country. It's a different set of rules and regulations. I'm, I'm just picking on Mexico. If you're from Mexico, Pastor Juvia, bless you. I'm, I'm just saying Mexico. It, <laughs> It's the first one that came to me, but you fill in the blank. Whatever country you want to fill in, Colombia, whatever, right? When you move here, you better read what your rights are. You better read the, the advantages, the benefits that you have as a citizen of this country. Same thing when you get born again, you need to understand what the terms of the covenant are, right? So that you can start to enforce those terms and start to see the results that are due to you. Amen. All right. So covenant is a formal agreement that is legally binding. A covenant is a vow which cannot be broken. It's unlike a promise which is liable to changes depending on the goodwill of the superior. So a covenant is a vow that cannot be broken. It's a formal agreement that is legally binding. It cannot be broken. Genesis chapter 17 verse 1. When Abraham, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you. I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Man, right after he said, I'm going to make my covenant with you, I will multiply you exceedingly. Verse 3, then Abram fell, then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations verse 5 no longer shall your name be called abram but your name shall be abraham for i have made you a father of many nations i will make you exceedingly fruitful say exceedingly and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you and i will establish my covenant between me and you if he just said that then that would just apply obviously to him and abraham but this next part is how you tie into this right and i will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be god to you and your descendants after you verse 8 also i give to you and your descendants after you the land which you are a stranger all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. If you study this out, uh, the land portion, everyone God made covenant with, there was also land involved. Every single person that God made a covenant with, land was also a part of that covenant. And so, you know, you can press in for that. Land, if you're believing God, you know, as a church, obviously we're believing God for land. But as, you know, for you, you should be a homeowner at some point. You, you should, you, you have land that's yours, your property. Amen. And so if you're not there, you can believe God for that. It's part of your covenant. But that's not the angle. That's not what we're going to talk about today. Just throwing that out there. Um, and so... Let's go to, 
uh, and I will establish my covenant between me and your descendants after you and to their generations. Verse 8, also I will give to you and your descendants after you the land which you are a stranger in, all of the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Verse 9, and God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant. So he, he said his part. He said, here's what I'll do. God says, here's what I will do. Verse 9, God says, Abraham, as for you. So th- you can apply this to us. As for us. Here's our part, right? So there's God's part of the covenant, and then there's our part of the covenant. Too many people live what, what Jesse Duplantis calls no-fault religion. In other words, whatever happens will happen. I'm just going to do what I do, and if God wants it to happen, it'll happen. That's not how it works. God says, here's what I'll do. Only if you do this. And so you have a part to play, right? Part-time commitment, no, listen, no commitment to the covenant, no results. Part-time commitment to the covenant, part-time results. Full commitment to God's covenant is when you start to see full results in your life. Full commitment to the covenant, right? And we're going we're gonna to see what that is as, as we move forward. So verse 9, and, and God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. Verse 10, this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. So he said, I will establish my covenant. Establish means to, to, to uh, make steadfast, to be firm, to settle on a firm, permanent basis, to fix, and for it to be unalterable. Right? This ties in with Psalms 89, 34. My covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. So this covenant that he cut with Abraham cannot be broken, cannot, you know, be severed. He has to do what he said he'll do, right? He said he'll make him exceedingly fruitful. He would, he'd bless him, right? Uh, land involved. Uh, and so he cannot break that. God does not break covenant. Exceedingly, uh, you know, he said you'll be exceedingly fruitful. Uh, that means to an extreme extent, extreme extent. You know, these kind of words, you know, in church sometimes get looked at a certain way because we have this mindset, religious mindset. But God, in heaven, the streets of gold. The Bible says that there are many mansions, right? And so God is a God of, 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 of wealth and riches. People don't, you know, their mindsets have been warped by what has been taught. But man, I'm telling you, uh, that's why David, when he was building the house of God, he said the best of the best, gold for the things of gold, silver for the things of silver. He wasn't putting together some hut. He said the best of the best for God's house, right? Because that's the repl- that's, that's, that's a, a replica or, 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 or you know, um, uh, an imitation of what heaven will be like. Right? Uh, Jesse Duplantis says, well, some people are going to get to heaven. They'll be like, Jesus, I don't know. Where's the trailer park, Jesus? And, and Jesus said, well, go to hell if you don't like it. You know, <laughs> you know uh, but, you know, God, that's how God, God is, a, is an over-the-top, more than enough El Shaddai. The God, that's one of God's name, El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, more than enough. Right? And, and we know from John 10.10 10, that it's his will. Well, Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. But we know from 3 John that it's his will above all else. You mean above all else? Above every other thing that you will? Above all else? That we, he says that we may prosper and be in good health. So Jesus says above every other thing that I will, I want you to prosper and to be in good health. That's pretty amazing that he used those words. Above all other things that he wills, he wills for you to prosper and to increase. Man, that, that, that's, that's revelation from some of you. I could see you still processing that. Is, that. is that really in the Bible? Go ahead and put it up there, please. 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health. 
You know, that's pretty strong language, right? He wants, he wants us to be comfortable. Come on, he wants us to be comfortable. He wants us to be healthy. Like Pastor Sarah was talking about this past Sunday. Oh, health and wealth, the gospel waving a wand. The Bible says above all, of, get this into your spirit. Above all other things, he wants to prosper you, and he wants you to be in good health. Say, I'm prospering in every area. Say, my body is strong and well. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's very strong language, just as your soul prospers. All right, so let's look at the life of Abraham. He cut the covenant with Abraham. Let's, look, let's, let's see how Abraham's life turned out. Let's see, did God stick by his promise? Did God stick by his covenant? Let's see what, what happened in Abraham's life. So in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, go ahead and turn there. We're going to go through some scripture tonight because I don't want you to think that this is my idea. I don't want you to think that I got this from a preacher. I want you to see from the Word of God that, that what I'm talking about is in here. This is not some made-up thing. So it's very important that you follow along, that you write down the Scriptures. Because a good minister will, will, will make the case from the Word of God. Uh, you don't want my opinion. My opinion won't gain you victory. It's the Word of God that, that, that when you latch on to it will, will, will enable you to, to overcome in every area. All right, so Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Proverbs 10.22 says, the blessing, well, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. So, all right. Genesis 13, 1 and 2. Write that down. Genesis 13, 1 and 2. It says he's very rich in livestock, silver and gold. Can you put it up there for me? Genesis 13, 1 and 2. Yep. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. He went on his journey from the south, and, and so it, it goes on to talk about Lot. But if you read the, the last part of that, your covenant with God. So very rich livestock and gold. Let's continue reading. I want to read Lot's part there because it will show you that when you have a covenant with God, no matter where you go, it will work. Because Abraham essentially said this because he was growing so much. He was multiplying so much. He had so many things. He was growing. It was, it, the land that they were on was too small for him and Lot. He basically told Lot, you pick where you want to go and I'll, I'll go to the other place. He understood that had nothing really to do with geography. He knew that he had a covenant with God. Right? So Remember, it has nothing to do where you grow up, what side of the tracks you, you live on right now, what your house looks like. Right, you have a covenant with Almighty God. Amen. That produces, doesn't matter what. So your covenant God works anywhere. It doesn't matter what neighborhood you live in now. Your financial prosperity is not based upon your job. It's, not, it's based upon your covenant. Right? And it's a covenant of increase. A lot of people think, well, because I only make $13, $14 an hour, that I'll never get, you know, develop, I'll never grow into this covenant. I'll never see the results that, that I'm reading about right now. That's because you're looking to your job as your source. Right? Your job is not your source. Thank God for your job. Your source is Almighty God. And when you take your eyes off of man, right, your boss, right, and you say, God, I, I rely on you to move forward, not on my paycheck. Man, things 
start to change because God wants you to look to him. And that's why as a pastor, I don't look to the people to, 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 to fund the church. We look to God. God is the source of this church. No man, come on, has enough to fund what God has called us to do. I don't care who you are. Man is limited. Your job is limited. You could, be, you could make $200,000, dollars $400,000 a year. Man, you can get laid off like this, right? But when you keep your eyes on God, come on, he ain't laying anybody off as long as you'll, you'll stay with the covenant and come on and, and lean into this. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. That's what your security is. Your security is making God your source. Come on, amen. Making God your source. Making him your source. Now, Genesis 24.1. Bible says that Abraham was well, was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord blessed Abraham in all things. Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So he, God cuts the covenant with Abraham, and you see here that right, uh, he, he, God blessed him, God increased him. He was rich in livestock, silver and gold. As an old man, as he got older, right, Bible says that he, he was blessed in all things. Say this, uh, well, write this down, and we'll say it together. To fail to increase is a violation of your covenant. Write that down. To fail to increase is a violation of your covenant. To fail to increase is a violation of your covenant. You should see it. If things aren't working, you say, this is a violation of my covenant with God. You need to get angry about this. Because really, step one is getting angry about where you are right now. It's saying enough is enough. I'm going to do what I have to do, come on, to get out from where I am. You have to get angry about this. You have to, come on, you, you, if you just, well, whatever, I'm okay being comfortable. I, I kind of live like this. I got used to living like this. I got used to cleaning out the Chinese containers and reusing them. I got used to cleaning out the mayonnaise containers and reusing them. I got used to just kind of, you know, going to Goodwill. Whatever. I'm going to say if you go to Goodwill. But you get the idea. If you've gotten comfortable living like this, you need to shake things up. And say, no more, no more. If I'm not increasing, it's a violation of the covenant that I have with Almighty God. It's a violation. Just like if I get sick, this cannot operate in me. Sickness, no, it's anti-covenant. You have to go. He bore the sickness on him. Jesus bore all the sickness and disease upon his back at the cross. Why? There's no, there's no legal way that this thing can take, can take me out. There's no legal way that this thing can run rampant in my life. The only way is if I let it. It's the only way. The only way, if I let sickness, if I let lack, lack, man, you need to treat it like, like just like you would cancer. If you start to see lack rear its ugly head in certain areas, you need to get, you, need to get, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, intentional, intentional about pressing in in this area. We have uh, some confessions that we put together, right, daily prosperity confessions that you can read out loud that are based on the word of God. We gave them away free this Sunday. We'll probably have the graphic. It'll, it'll put it up there. You can scan it with your QR code, read it every day, press in. It, what you're doing is not waving a wand. It's you're getting the word of God out of your mouth and into your spirit. Amen. I prosper in all things. My body keeps well. Thank you, Father. It's, it's the covenant that I have with you that causes me to rise and be distinguished. And just like Abraham was blessed, I'm blessed. Just like you blessed him, I'm blessed. And you start to get that on the inside of you. That starts to change the way you see yourself, right? As a man thinketh, so he is. So now you start to see yourself, come on, uh, a little differently. I have a covenant with God. I'm a covenant man. I have a covenant with almighty God. Amen. You don't have a covenant with Bill Gates. You have a covenant with the creator of all things. You should get excited about that. 
You have a covenant with the Creator. A covenant with the Creator. And you start to think that way. And you start to change the way you speak. And man, I'm telling you, you start to move differently. And man, things start to change. Things start to change, right? But you have to get fed up with where you are right now. Fed up with where you are right now, if that's, if that's what you want to do. Comfortable. Being comfortable is such an enemy to progress. Being comfortable. Oh, I'm all, yeah, I meet myself and my bird. I'm, I'm okay. You know, you know, it's like, I don't want to get too greedy. You know, God has a lot of other people he needs to worry about. And Man, that's some religious mumbo-jumbo if I've ever heard it. There's enough, for, hear me, there's enough wealth to go around for everybody. Enough wealth to go around for everybody ten times over. Come on. If, you just, if you're okay with where you're at, believe God for more so that you can help other people. Come on. If you're okay at 50,000, whatever the number is for you, or you don't feel you don't want to go too past that, you know, just you know, use that and give it to the church. You can give it to Life in Christ Church. We'll put it to good work. Amen? If that's how you feel, right? But, but, but I know that there are people here that want to help other people. I know there are good people in this church that desire to help people, that desire to fund the end time harvest. And God is looking for people, come on, who, who he can trust, who he can trust with large amounts of money. And as you start to develop in the covenant, you start to get desensitized to large amounts of money, right? I remember when I used to hear 10000 Ooh, $10,000? Uh, man, well, if Jesus himself showed up, I don't think we'd get $10,000. $10,000? dollars you know it's like oh it's like a massive number i mean you could talk about millions and i'd be like million million dollars nothing now nothing you need to desensitize yourself to these large amounts of money if you're ever going to handle them amen. come on if you're ever going to handle large amounts of money for the kingdom amen i'll be a kingdom banker praise god a kingdom banker i'm a banker in the kingdom of god i fund mission trips and i i fund churches amen i help people come on glory to a banker in the kingdom of god how the world has their bankers? God is looking to raise up some bankers. Come on, amen. Praise God. I'm telling you, man. I love Pastor Rodney, man. He talks about how God is raising up multimillionaires in his church for the funding of the end time harvest. And I believe that that's, that's all going to happen here as well. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it with all my heart. So say, to fail to increase is a violation of my covenant with God. Amen. Now he said, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants and, your, and after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. So let's look at Abraham's descendants. Abraham, then who? Isaac, right? So let's look at Isaac. Let's see how his life turned out. Genesis chapter 26. Genesis 26, 24. 26:24. He says, "I'm the Lord, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, "I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake." So he said, "Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, uh, because of the covenant that I cut with your father, I will multiply you and your descendants as well." He said, I'll multiply you, Isaac. I cut a covenant with your father. I promised him that I would increase him. And since you are his son, you are his descendants, you get the same promise. You qualify for the same promise. Amen. Amen. Let's, look, let's look and see, did God make good on the promise that he made to Isaac? Go to Genesis 26, 13, right? Genesis 26, 13. Bible says he became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. The Bible says in the Amplified, 
uh, Genesis 26, 13 in the Amplified, and the man Isaac became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and extremely distinguished. This is in the Bible, folks. He became very wealthy and extremely distinguished. Very wealthy and extremely distinguished. He gained more and more until he became very wealthy. Say very wealthy. Very wealthy. And these are words that you have to be okay with. Because you hear rich in church and some of you are like, ah, I don't know if that's right. It's like in my smile. I, my pastor that I used to listen to, he said, no, it's a, you know, that money is the root of all evil. And I, you, know, you, you think that these things should not be talked about in church. Well, if God's talking about it in the Bible, how do you know we should talk about it in the church? Amen. Amen. Right? And so I'm talking to people here that I believe desire to go in this direction, that desire to develop in this for the end time harvest. Because wealth that does not have other people in mind will corrupt you. Wealth, right, if you desire to have wealth and, and, and the mindset isn't I need to help other people, it'll destroy you. I said it'll destroy you. It will literally destroy you because, you know, there are people here, right, uh, that God has blessed and then you've actually backed away from God. So God is saying, last time I gave you 5,000, whatever it was, you didn't come to church. You didn't show up. You didn't do what I asked you to do. That, so you don't qualify anymore. You, 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 you pretty much, God had did what he said he was going to do. And because you didn't honor your part, you hit a wall. You know, I, I, it's funny to me when God blesses people, you hear about the, you know, oh, Pastor, God's blessing me. I'm doing well at work. I just bought a boat. Oh, Pastor, I just bought a, a, a lake house. That's great. And, but then I don't see him for six months because they're at the lake house that God blessed. They, God blessed them with money. They bought a lake house. Now they don't show up to church. But the church, the word that they received caused them to increase. But then they bought the thing that's actually going to cause them to actually go back. And so God says, no, 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 no. It's going to destroy him. I need my daughter, my son. So I, I can't continue to do that with them because it will actually destroy them. Amen. Generosity actually is what keeps money from destroying you. It all ties back in. Right? It'll keep money from destroying you. All right. So we see Isaac became great, gained more and more until he became wealthy and extremely distinguished. More and more. Say more and more. Man, he gained more and more. You got to get this on the inside of you. All right. So let's look at Isaac's son. Abraham, Isaac, then who? Jacob, right? Let's look, let's look at the next one down the line. Genesis 28, 13 through 15. Genesis 28, 13 through 15. All right. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Verse 14. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your descendants shall all families of the earth be blessed. Verse 15, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. So we see God showing up to Jacob and, he, and explains this. You see, at Abraham, he cut the covenant. Then Isaac, he shows up and says, because of the covenant I cut with your father, here's what I'm going to do. We looked at Abraham's, uh, at, J, uh, at Isaac's life, prosperity. We look at Isaac, right? I mean, we look at Jacob, same thing. God shows up, explains to him what happened. I'm the, I'm the God of your father, Abraham, your grandfather. And because of the covenant with him, I'm going to bless you. Now let's look and see how Jacob's life turned out. Genesis chapter 30, verse 43. Go ahead and turn there, Genesis chapter 30, verse 43. And if you can, put it up on the Amplified Version, please. 
Genesis 30, verse 43. So Jacob became exceedingly poor. And, oh, wait, what, wrong word. And I was reading the wrong Bible. <laughs> reading the Bible most people have here <laughs> in this area. No. All right. So Jacob became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks of sheep and goats and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. Let me just tell you something. Exceedingly means extreme. That, that's not a, it's not a, a, a you know, so-so. Extreme, exceedingly means extreme. So you could read it this way. So Jacob became extremely prosperous and had large flocks of sheep, goats, female, male servants, camels, and donkeys, right? And so we saw three, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, three in a row. Covenant, God honors his covenant, right? So how, why, you know, how, well, we can keep going. Let's look at when he was making things right with Esau, uh, let's look at Joseph's life. I'm going to leave that part out. Let's look at Joseph's life. So the next one down. Joseph um, is Jacob's son, right? So we have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Joseph. Let's look at his life. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord was on Joseph's life, right? Genesis 39, 2 and 3. Go ahead and turn there. Gen write this down. Make sure you write this down. Make sure that you have this uh, in your notes so that you can go back and look at this. Genesis 39, 2 and 3. The Lord was with Joseph. Say, the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. All right, the Lord was with Joseph, and he, even though a slave, became a successful and prosperous man. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper and succeed in his hand. You know Joseph's story. A slave, man, gets sold into slavery, then gets put into jail, gets sold into slavery, is doing well. God causes him to rise because of the blessing upon his life, because of his faithfulness, right? Because he, he honors God. He, 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 he was obedient to God. People lie on him. Potiphar's wife lies on him, ends up in jail. I mean, this isn't like jail we have here. Let me tell you something. This is a dungeon, nasty. Uh, every opportunity for Joseph to start thinking, man, I, honor, I did things the right way, and I, didn't, I honored God. I didn't sleep with her. I, didn't, I can't believe I'm here. Have you ever thought, I can't believe I'm here? God, why am I here? I'm doing what you've told me to do, and why am I in jail? Hopefully you didn't say jail, but you fill in the blank. Why am I here? Why am I that? Why, you know, whatever it is for you. But Joseph said, no, no, I'm going to continue to honor God. Caused them to rise in the jail. The Bible says that he was made master over the whole jail, that the warden of the jail didn't even have to check up on what was happening because he trusted Joseph so much. Right? And so that, that's because that's favor was on his life. The word Joseph actually means increase. Right? My name is Joseph. It means increase. And so, as a slave, he became successful and prosperous, right? And so, I believe that God wants your testimony to be like Abraham's, Isaac, Jacob's, and Joseph. Come on. Your testimony, that no matter what hardship, no matter what's going on, Abraham had to test his faithfulness, right? Abraham was obedient to God regardless of what it looked like. And that's how you actually, your part, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself, but your part of the covenant is obedience. That's the number one component to you honoring your part of the covenant. It's obedience. Obedience to what God instructs you to do. Obedience to his word, right? And so Abraham, extremely obedient, was promised a son, finally got a son, Abraham, and then was asked to sacrifice his own son. 
He, you know, uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty crazy. Could you have done that? I don't know if I would have done that. I would have like, oh, man. I don't know. You know, you, you start to think, man, are you kidding me? My only son, you want me to sacrifice him? That, that entails extreme obedience. That, that entails a trust in God that, man, that that's where I want to be. I want to trust in God so much that no matter what he asks me to give up, I know he has my best interest in mind. No matter what I think, no matter what it looks like to give up your son, that's insane. But he was extremely obedient. That's, that's why, man, God, God was able to use him mightily. So how do we tie into this? So we talk about right, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. That's all great. And, and so it's nice to read about those things in the Bible. But what does that have to do with us? How do we fall into that? Like, are we Abraham's descendants? And so let's look at what the Bible has to say about that. Genesis 17 Verse 1, I'm going to read to verse 9. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. I'm going to read it again to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Verse 3, then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father to many nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but you shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you and I will give to you and your descendants after you the land which you are a stranger all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession and I will be their God and God said to Abraham as for you you shall keep my covenant and you shall you and your descendants after you uh, throughout their generations Verse 10, this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and the sentence after you. So here's where we tie in. Galatians 3, 29. Going into the New Testament. Galatians 3, 29. I'm going to read in a few different versions. The New Living Translation says it this way. Galatians 3, 29. And now that you belong to Christ. How many belong to Christ here? Now that you belong to Christ, now that you are born again, right? You are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And listen to this. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Man, I kept telling you, man. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Come on. I'm telling you, you need to get excited about this. Come on. God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. You are Abraham's heir. What God promised to Abraham belongs to you belongs to you this isn't like i'm pulling out something reading the greek and and pulling somewhere else and trying to make it work and this is very plain right here it's very clear what this is telling us that since we now belong to christ we are the true children of abraham and, and we are his heirs and god's promise to abraham belongs to us just like abraham just like isaac and jacob and joseph are his heirs we are also his heirs amen we are also his heirs. And so we qualify for the same thing that happened to Isaac, that happened to Jacob, that happened to Joseph. The same exact things that happened to them, we also qualify for. Man, I'm telling you, 
I'm t- it doesn't matter. Nothing in this world can stop the covenant from working in your life. Prison, people lying on you. Look at Joseph. People lied on him. People, people derailed him. People sold him into slavery. Tried all kind of ways to stop the, the goodness of God from working in his life. But nothing can stop this covenant force from working in your life. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. The only thing that can stop the covenant force is you. That's it. No devil in hell can stop this from working. Right? And so step one is getting, in, getting this into your spirit. That covenant wealth belongs to me. God cut a covenant with Abraham. I'm his heir. That's, that's, that's the ABCs right there. God cut a, cut a covenant with Abraham. I'm his heir. I also qualify for that covenant. I saw what the covenant produced. That belongs to me. Amen. That, 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 right, that is the simplicity of it right there. So that's why I had you write it down because you need to reinforce this. Oh, I would do it daily. I would get in there. Whoa, Abraham prospered. Isaac prospered. Jacob prospered. Joseph prospered. I'm prospering. Glory to God. Well, I, that's mine. I, me. I'm me right there. I'm his heirs. What you promised Abraham belongs to me. What's happening here is anti-covenant. It cannot prevail. I won't allow it. I will not allow it. Amen. Come on. You, you have to legally enforce this. You have to stand up, open up your mouth, Right? And, 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 and like I told you before, you got to get tired of where you're at. You're, you're comfortable. Being comfortable is the enemy of progress. The enemy of progress. That's why this church, oh, we're doing well. We got a couple hundred people. It ain't said ain't nothing. We got so much work to do. So many things. To, so many people need help around here. People need to hear the word. You know, Jesus said, I've been anointed to preach the word. What did he say? To preach the word to the poor. I've been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. The gospel is good news. What's good news to the poor? You don't have to be poor no more. Amen. That's good news to the poor. That's the first thing that he said. I've been anointed to pray. That's what I was reading that the other day. I have it on my, my wall in my office. And I was reading, I've been anointed to preach. You know, I, I, I speak that scripture over myself as a preacher. I've been anointed to preach the word. I'm anointed to preach the gospel. But the first thing it said, I've been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. And the Lord said, man, that's why. I've called you to preach on this. Not that you're all poor, but to preach on this that you, you know that, man, poor is not part of, of God's blessing. Come on. The, the gospel, the good news came to destroy poverty. Amen. Amen. And part of our assignment as a church, as a, as a leadership team, as ministers here, is to preach against poverty. Come on, amen. Not to preach against people. Don't misunderstand me. To preach against that mindset that is so demonic. Poverty is demonic. I'm telling you. People can misconstrue that. Oh, he said people that are in poverty are demonic. No, that's not what I'm saying. But that, that way of doing things, that, that mentality is not given by God. It's given by the enemy to keep you ensnared, to keep you trapped, to keep you from moving forward in the plan and purpose of God. When you have money, you have influence, by the way. Come on, amen. Well, we know we're not called to have it. You're, the church should be the most influential place in this area. Come on, Amen. Oh, we're going we're gonna to allow this to happen, no kind of wickedness, and blah, blah, blah. And not, not, you know, the church, if the church is influential, one phone call, well, you go ahead and do that. <laughs> right? I'm telling you. I like what Guillermo Maldonado says. He says, if you run for office here in Southern Florida, you got you to gotta come through the church. What does that mean? You have to promote biblical values if we're going to get behind you. Amen. Right? And so if anybody dares to run for office in Lancaster that's pushing abortion, pushing all kind of things that are anti-Bible, whether left or right, uh, I'm not getting into that. But if you're coming against what the Word says, you're not going to get the backing of a very influential church. If the church would stand up in this region, there wouldn't be one wicked legislative thing getting passed anywhere. Anywhere. 
And so I'm telling you, that that's what this church is called to do, to be influential. Come on, people of influence in this church. We need to stop crying. Oh, did you hear the school board? They're not going to pay. Why aren't you on the school board? Why aren't you becoming someone of influence in this city? Instead of crying and whining, right? Why aren't you being raised up to do these things? We need, we need to stop crying and we need to start taking action. Amen. Getting a hold of who we are. Getting a hold of our covenant with God. Right? So we start to rise and have influence in our region. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's God's plan. That's God's will. And so this church is designed for that. For that. And thank God, you know, you'll be comfortable and God, you'll be blessed. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than having a nice pair of shoes and a nice bag and a nice car and a nice house. So much more than that. That is such a low level. Thank God, I like nice stuff, but I'll give it away like that. It ain't mean nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. But what really gets me going is to have enough money to build a church debt-free. Come on. What really gets me going is to, is to fund a mission trip. Right. Stop selling chicken dinners, and here's a check so you can go on your mission trip. Right? Right. That's what gets me going. Amen. To have that mentality. Uh, forget a Lord, a million dollars. No, I want to give a million dollars. Lord, use me. But you have to get to that place. We have to get that on the inside of us. Amen. All right. So uh, New King James says it this way. Reading again, Galatians 3.29. And if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The New Living Translation, which we read already, I'll read it again. Through Christ, well, well, it's a little different, so I don't know what the first one was, but this is the New Living, I believe. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. Oh, man. So that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. And so it's not just Abraham's covenant, it's ours as well. That means whatever God promised to Abraham, it pertains to us. Say this out loud. Say, I have a covenant of increase with Almighty God. Say it again. I have a covenant of increase with Almighty God. Amen. All right, so now let's look at how the covenant works, right? Because the way the covenant worked with Abraham and, and his descendants Right? It's according to Deuteronomy 28. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all of his commands, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above. Say high above. High above all the nations of the earth, verse 2, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Man, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Remember what I said before, obedience is your part, right? The covenant works, right? It's activated by obedience. Obedience is the key to having the covenant of increase working in your life. Right? Some people think that we don't have to be obedient in the New Covenant, right? But in the New Testament, it's just as important to be obedient to God's Word as it was for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. David, Moses, you can go down the line. Just how they were obedient, we also have to be obedient. Some people in the New Testament, we don't have to be obedient to God's grace. I believe in God's grace. God's grace empowers us to overcome. God's grace empowers us to, 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 to come above and rise above any sin or any, any temptation, right? Uh, and, and so, you know, we got to be careful um, that, that, that we, you know, it's not, well, whatever happens, happens, and we just kind of go through life. No, no, you have a part to play, and it's obedience, right? So 
Luke 6, 46 says this. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? God expects you to obey his word. And if you will be obedient to his word, these blessings will come upon you and what? Overtake you. Say, God's blessings are overtaking me. Bible says he daily loads us with benefits. Daily, a daily load of benefits every single day. You need to confess that out of your mouth. Daily loads me with benefits. Come on, when you get a job, you, what, what are the benefits? Like, what, what are the perks of working here, right? Man, God says, I, every day I got a daily load of perks for you. <laughs> a daily load of benefits. And that may be different for different people. There may be some benefits that you need that I don't need and vice versa. Uh, but man, it's nice when, when benefits show up, when favor shows up and, and, and does things for you that money can't buy. That, that no, but only God, you know God moved on my behalf. I've been in situations where I, I, it had to be God. And man, how good that feels to, to know that God has your back. But obedience is the key component to all of this. Second Chronicles 26.5 says, He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And listen to this. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he connected himself to God, obeyed God, God caused him to prosper. Write this down. Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in lack. Let me just help you here. No. And they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Man, come on, guys. Listen, listen, listen. Get your eyes on this right here. If they obey and serve him, your part is obedience, right? If you obey, God says, I will, I will show you my covenant. And he says, they shall spend their days in prosperity and they years in, in their years in pleasure. That is part of the covenant. That is part of God's will, right? Anytime you obey his word, anytime you obey what he tells you to do, it leads to increase. Come on, it leads to peace. It leads to joy. It leads to health every single time. Every time, right? The Bible is very clear that when you're led of the spirit, it leads to life and peace. But when you do things according to this flesh, it leads to what? Death and destruction. Anytime you make a decision or you're led by what you see, feel, or hear, there's a good chance that that's leading you down the wrong path. Well, especially when it's contrary to what you know is in your spirit, right? That, that, that's really the, 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 what I'm trying to tell you here. So if, if you see something and you feel something and, 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 and what you see and feel is telling you to go this way, but what's on the inside is telling you to go this way, how I many you know you better go this way? Even though that it does, even though this way it seems like the wrong way, you can be guaranteed that it leads to life and peace. That it's going to lead when you obey. Because you know how many times have you heard the story? God asked people to move across the country, but man, my, my daughter's in a good school district. We just moved here. My my daughter, my wife's family's here. Miss the will of God. Miss what God wants to do in their lives because of what they see, because of what they feel, uh, uh, you know, and, but God is asking them to move. I'm asking you to go help this church. I'm asking you to go out there and to serve and to be a part of what's happening here. And, but, but uh, you know, because, be, be, because what I feel, I want to say, it'll, it'll rob you of God's blessing. It'll rob you of what God wants to do. Too many people do that. Too many, very clear. If they obey and serve him, if they obey and serve him. You know, we like to think the easy decisions, but man, there's a lot of tough decisions that you're going to have to make where the rubber meets the road, where you're going to have to decide that what God wants in the natural seems, uh, it's not what I want, right? But how I many you know, when you do things for God, it always leads to increase. <laughs> Abraham didn't want to sacrifice his own son. 
Come on, he didn't want to do that. Man, but man, the Bible's very clear that God told Abraham, get up and go. He just got up and went, like, hey, who am I going? I'll go, wherever you tell me to go. Uh, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. Now he became the father of many nations. A father in the faith. That's obedience produced that. Obedience. We're reading about him today because of his obedience. And so don't let anything rob you of God's divine plan for your life. Don't let anything, anything, even family, you know, you know, oh, never let a school district rob you of God's plan. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, they're in a good school district, you know, I don't want to pull them out so early. But God, you know God is telling you to go. You know it. You know he's telling you to go over here. You know it. Man, you, you, you disqualify yourself from the covenant. God doesn't do it. You do it. You have a part. Remember, you have to remember that you have a part to play. It's not whatever, whatever. You have a part to play. It's a very serious thing. Covenant, remember, it's a legal document. It's a legal binding agreement. There's procedures in the legal realm. You do this, there's this. It's pretty black and white. Obey, willing, obedient, eat the good of the land. <laughs> right? It's very, very simple. Obey and serve, spend your day in prosperity and your years in pleasure. Very simple, very simple. We like to complicate it. We, we like to muddy the waters, but God knows my situation. I know he said obey, but he knows my daughter needs Mrs. Peggy in third grade at this school district. It's like, Mrs. Peggy, bro, like you're missing out on the plan of God. I just got this job, and it's my dream job, but God's telling me to lay it down and go pastor or go help a church or go be a youth pastor. What are my parents going to think? What are my family going to think? And, you know, they're going to think I'm nuts. I went to school for all these years, and now I'm, I know God's calling me to go do this, but nah. You know how many people I know like that? Say, I'm not one of them. I declare no one under the sound of my voice will ever be one that forfeits, come on their birthright, forfeits the covenant of God. Anyone watching right now, you will obey. Come on, yes, you will. You will serve him. You'll be willing. You'll be obedient. You shall eat the good of the land. Yes, you'll be led of the spirit. You'll, do, you'll make the right choice. You'll go the right way. And you'll see his mighty hand working in your life. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, shout amen. 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 Praise God. Write this down, Psalms 119. I quoted it many times, but I want you to write it down. Psalms 119, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Psalms 112, 2 and 3, write this down. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Say, wealth and riches are in my house. All right, we're going to close here. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life, <laughs> and peaceful, uh, uh, for length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Let me read that again. Proverbs 3, 2. Proverbs 3, 1. My son, <laughs> my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. You see, you, 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 get, you get the idea? Obedience. 
You get the idea, right? Honoring God, doing what he says, what it leads to, life, peace, increase, wealth. All of these things are tied into, into your obedience. You and you alone. You and you alone will decide whether you see this in your life. And there's no prayer that can reverse disobedience. You think about Jonah, right? Jonah could have asked for prayer all he wanted while he was sailing away from Nineveh. He had to get out of there, and he had to get on the right path. There are certain things, oh, God, no, you, you, need to make, you need to course correct. Some of you right here need to course correct. Some of you need to pray and seek the Lord. Lord, what do I need to do? I may may have missed it here. I may have taken it wrong. I'll course correct right now. What do you need me to do? And get to where you need to be. Whether it's work, whether it's relationship, whatever it is, you need to get to where you're supposed to be. That's why I make such a big deal on Sunday morning about being where you're supposed to be as far as the local church is concerned. If you're called here, this is your church. This is where God has you connected to. You show up, you're faithful, you, you, you plug in, right? You do what you need to do regardless of what's happening, regardless of what's going on, right? And there's an element to this that, that, that I'm telling you, if you'll get this on the inside of you, I'm telling you, man, it'll take you places you never imagined. Take you places you never imagined. Where, being where you're supposed to be. And not moving for anything. Well, they looked at me the wrong way. Somebody spoke to my kid the wrong way. Maybe that's right, but you deal with it. You don't jump ship when you know you're supposed to be somewhere because of, because of things that are happening. You address it. You work. I'm not saying you allow people to do what they want. or You address it. You, according to Matthew 18, you go to that brother. They don't listen. You bring someone else. They don't listen. You bring someone else. You don't listen. You go to the church. Right? You deal with the stuff. Offenses are going to come, but you don't jump ship. You don't leave where you're supposed to be for anything. You don't even leave your workplace if you're supposed to be there. You don't leave your marriage. Your rela- <laughs> Come on, especially don't leave your marriage. Don't leave your marriage. You stay, you fight. We made up our mind. Divorce is not even, a, we don't even use that word. And I have never, ever said to her in 10 years, over 10 years, why don't we just get a divorce? We made up our mind that word is on the shelf. That's not an option. We figure it out. We fight. We do what we got to do. And there's been times where we're sitting there and things are tough because, you know, uh, her fault usually, and I'm trying to make things right. (laughs) That's a lie, Lord. I repent. (laughs) I repent. That's a lie. Lord, I want the blessing. That's a lie. (laughs) I repent. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. See how quick I was an example on how to repent quickly and get back in line with the word. <laughs> Come on. That's, uh, showing you how to do it. <laughs> Lead by example. <laughs> Where the heck was I? What was I even saying? <laughs> I'm lost. Where was I? Marriage. Divorce. Not an option. We put it on the shelf. Not happening. Right? There are certain things that we've decided to do that, that that's it. We're sticking to it regardless of what we feel. You, you have to fight. Christians are fighters. You're called to fight the fight. of it. I don't want to fight, Pastor. I'm not a fighter. You better learn to fight. You better learn to fight. Take some classes or something. <laughs> we don't fight like that. But you know what I mean? The spirit that's telling you, I'm a fighter. I'm going to win. Devil ain't going to take me out. My family, I'm not going to allow him to. I'm not going out like this. I, I go believe in God, but that's, uh, that's the best way. Oh, he believed God and he left. Well, what other way you want to go? <laughs> Come on, amen. Praise God. <laughs> hey, I got so much more, but I'm, I'm, we're going to pick back up on, on, on Sunday. Did you get something out of that? 
Yes, I'm not. This is very important. Now, there's a practical thing to this. Obviously, prospering and increasing. There's a there's a practical there's practical things. Obviously, getting into debt, doing stupid stuff. You got to be careful with that kind of stuff. Very careful with that, right? Uh, and and that's that's another side of it. But if you don't have this, I don't care what you do in the natural. This is where you really want to emphasize. This is what you really want to emphasize. And of course, you know. Uh, um, you know, you can't spend more than you make, that kind of stuff. You understand all of that. Uh, but I don't allow my bank account to determine my giving. Let me say that again. I don't allow my bank account to determine my giving. What do I mean by that, right? Obviously, I can't give what I don't have. I, I, that's not what I'm saying. But, but if, I'm, if I feel, we feel that we're supposed to sow a seed or do something, I don't ever look at the bank account and say, oh, we can't do it because of what the bank account says. No, if I feel it on the inside, I don't care what that looks like. I don't care what I think I, you know, is going to happen when I do it because of what it looks like. No, I will do what I sense under the anointing regardless. And, and we just made up our mind. That's how we're going to live our lives. A lot of times, you know, uh, you know you'll, you'll sense something under the anointing to do and to give, but you'll leave the anointing and you'll, you'll go back out and, and it'll kind of lift and you'll be like, was that really me? I don't know. And you don't do it. Do what you feel under the anointing always do what you sense under the anointing a lot of times it's good to just do it right away but there are times where maybe we haven't but I've still gone back no I knew it under the anointing I sensed it even though we're like really do we need to do it under the anointing I know it I know I was told to do it okay let's do it that's it right you want to live that way do what you're told under the anointing that's God speaking to you that, that that's that's instruction from God amen hey this is Pastor Joe and before you go I want to pray with you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior this is your opportunity to be 100% sure that heaven will be your eternal home. It's very simple. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you mean business with God, he means business with you. I want you to pray this very simple but powerful prayer and mean it with all your heart. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you were crucified and God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. I repent of all my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life. Do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just prayed that prayer. The next step is to find a good, strong, local church. If you live anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we invite you to join us at Life in Christ every Sunday at 10 a.m. We have some of the best people on planet Earth. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.